This is exactly right. Scotty, you ready? Oh, Curdy, I am so, 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 so ready. Here it is. Just oh for you. Hey. And everybody listening. Okay, that's fine, too. 20 people, one car, no clothes, <laughs> a high-speed chase, and, of course, Satan. <laughs> oh, I don't know why. I'm, uh, I'm a little giggly today. This is going to be a good one. A good solo epi of the world-famous, in certain regions, Bananas Podcast. Gals and non-binary pals, welcome mm-hmm. to Bananas. Uh, that's Scotty Landis over there. That is my favorite comedian. Sorry, Freddie Prince Sr. <laughs> Kurt Brownoller, the joyful comedian, somebody that tells jokes with enthusiasm, smart jokes, silly jokes. <laughs> Go see him if you can see him. It's a real treat and a delight. Kurt Brownoller, thank oh. you for listening to the Silliest little podcaster ever was. This is a solo app. No guests today. Just my buddy and I hanging out, having fun, just some giggles. Ah, uh, Scotty and I were uh, having some drinks in a pool last night. Last night was uh, great. Last night was very pleasant. And uh, woo, I'm feeling it today, Scotty. <laughs> Are, you did go. You had three more than the rest of us. <laughs> but the funny thing was, is there were there were uh, five of us, five adults who socially distanced in a pool up to our necks. So it was just five heads, <laughs> about eight feet apart from each other, with a cocktail right behind them for three and a half hours, four it was, hours. It was really, it was beautiful. It is the. Ideal way, I think a pool at night is uh, my ideal hangout situation. Well, you are right, and uh, yeah, that was a special one. It felt totally great and normal, and the grand reopening continues. Thank uh, God. Do you want to plug any sets or anything before we jump into our wacky news stories? Just a reminder, you know, we got a live special taping, TV special taping in Denver at the Gothic Theater on August 29th. Yep. Um, I believe that the uh, the early shows uh, is 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 getting it's getting full up. It's going to sell out, I think, soon. Okay. Um, but the late show, we need we need more people for the, that late show, guys. Now let me jump in here because yeah. for TV tapings, I've show run a few shows that have stand up, mm-hmm. and I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of my friends, uh, mm-hmm. including you, shooting mm-hmm. specials. So when mm-hmm. you go to a stand up special. The late show, mm-hmm. usually if the stand-up nails the early show, they're looser. Yep. They're a little they're a little wilder. They're going to push the limits a little bit more. So if you go to that, it's a 9 o'clock show, right? Mm-hmm. The 9 o'clock, in my experience, you get to see the, the pressure has dropped 30% on the comic, and they're kind of letting loose. And if they kind of flubbed a line in the first one, they come back harder and hit it. So, you know, go out, have some bevs. Meet some yeah. friends and go see old Curdy B in Denver at the Gothic Theater. And that is not to say also that the early show is somehow worse. It's no. not because the early show you're getting like, all right, I'm bringing it. Like, here it is. This is going to be because you want to just get it I done. Agree. You want to get it in the you're can on the in. first one. Yes. So that's the second one. Because yeah, honestly, you end up ten. It's you, you, you take from both. Uh, that's ones, right. So 
Yeah, they split it up, and the early show, for anybody that needs to go to that 6.30 show, it's a better fit for them. A lot of times, you get on TV a lot more at the early shows because there's a crowd warm-up beforehand, and they go, yep. let's see some big laughs. Let's see some laughs and the claps. <laughs> the laugh and the clap is the greatest thing in TV taping, where they go, okay, guys, give me like a 5 out of 10, and then they go, ha, 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 ha. And everybody gets on TV that way, so uh-huh. go get on TV that way. Go get on. Um yeah, man, that's what I'm excited about Good. doing. I'm excited about doing it. And now, I, what I'm really excited about, Scotty, is getting into this story. Yeah, 20 nudes in a car with Satan? <laughs> I'm in, buddy boy. This is uh, this has a really nice personal angle to it as well. Okie dokie. Um, because it was sent to me by an old friend of mine, Bob mm-hmm. Wiltfong. Love um, Bob Wiltfong. Bob Wiltfong was, uh, we were in an improv group together. I mean, I think that we were we started the group. Um, the group was started in 1999 or 2000. I can't. Yes. It's like way, way back. It was called Neutrino. Great. Uh, and Bob was at the time a, a news anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of us were like, he was just like slightly older than us. Mm-hmm. I think that means he was like 27 at the <laughs> right. time. We were all 22 or something. Exactly. And. Uh, and he, but he was the only one with like a real job. Like he had a he had a job, and he had a wife, and he was a fucking news anchor, right? That's cool. Yeah, and uh, he had like, and he would he had different he had a different name when he was like on uh, as a news anchor. He had like a news anchor name, which is something I should have done for being a comedian. So anyway, he uh, he sent me this out of the blue. Um, so he's just saying like, oh, banana! I love listening to bananas, and Thank so you, they get sent to here. If you're interested in an old bizarre news story, I once covered a story in Lake Charles, Louisiana, mm-hmm. my first job out of college, 1993-ish, wow. involving roughly 20 naked people stuffed inside one car who got into a high-speed chase with police. Mm-hmm. The naked people were all related to each other, religious fanatics who were traveling from Texas to Florida. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Ran out of cash and went from traveling in three cars down to one. On top of that, at some point along the way, God mm-hmm. told them to get rid of all of their earthly possessions. Good. <laughs> which resulted in them getting naked. Smart. Uh, the cops got involved when two members of their clan, I believe they were children, started knocking on the doors of trailer home parks near Lake Charles, alternatively asking for money and oh, demanding that the homeowner give them their home because God willed it. Anyway, it was definitely bananas. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I responded. I was like, oh, man, we got to totally do this one. Oh, so he found yeah. the piece. So he found the piece that he did um, back in 1993 about this. And so we'll, we'll post the, uh, the piece from the local news channel. Oh, cool. that, yeah. And it's like Bob interviewing everybody. Yes. Um, and uh, and like he had to like reenact like what happened and everything, uh, and then I found actually the, uh, an AP article. The Associated Press picked it up, so I think Bob broke this story. And then like other, you know, you know, the Associated Press came in. Those bozos just bandwagon on Bob's blood, sweat, and tears. He's out there pounding the pavement looking for nude Satanists, and meanwhile, here comes the AP a week later. <laughs> and so, and so, at, so here in in his text, he says that God told them to throw away all their earthly possessions. Great, but in the piece, what Bob says is that they said that their clothes were uh, were from Satan, so they had to get rid of them. Um, nice, yeah. So it's a, it's actually a better line in the in the uh, original yeah, what piece. What does that Bob Satan did. wear? Satan must wear. Uh... 
Red Under Armour, I guess. For some reason, I feel like it's Lederhosen. Oh, I could see Satan in some serious Lederhosen. That's Just a good point. Naked except for Lederhosen with the with the um, braces Wait. on. Uh-huh. When, when, I when could it, see that. What are braces called? You know what Suspenders? I'm Suspenders. Yeah, braces. yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you hadn't done the hand motion, I was like, Kurt just thinks Satan needs braces. That guy's got a good orthodontist. He's got fangs, baby. I just remember braces. Braces was like an old punk thing. Instead uh, of calling suspenders, you call them braces. I, I think it's probably... Wilson. I bet you it's a British thing. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, so he follows up with the, with the video piece, which I'll post. It's very funny. I remember being so bummed that there was no video or photos from the people at the scene of the arrest. We had to improvise B-roll to tell the story as a result. Incredible. Um, as I recall, Jay Leno talked about this story on The Tonight Show when it happened, and I believe Huge. he interviewed the police officer I interviewed. I was hoping this story would be my ticket to the big time, helping me get the hell out of Lake Charles. Alas, it was not the case. Mm-hmm. I think I was there for another year before Jill, his wife, got us out of there with a job in Dodge City, Kansas, another little wow. slice of heaven in small-town America. Cool. I remember trying to get sound with the leader of the naked people as he left town fully clothed on the Greyhound bus, and he gave me nada. Wow. Small-town reporting, man. I love it. I'm like, a big Bob fan. is out there working it, you know, trying to get a quote. I love that. Yeah, I love that, too. So they, th- okay, so they kept selling their cars for money. They get to, they're going from Texas to Florida. They stop in Louisiana. It's in between. That makes a lot of sense. At least they were uh-huh. heading in the right direction. Yeah. And then they just get rid of their clothes because they're Satan's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> that is and a good you know, detail. They were coming from, and this is in the AP, I learned this, they were coming from Floyd Dada. Texas, which is just a great name. Never heard of it. Never Floyd been to Floyd Data. Data. Floyd Data, there's like 600 people in Floyd Data. Yeah. That's, uh, uh, you know, I hope they found what they were looking for. I hope they found what they were looking for, and I hope it was some clothes. Um, yes. I love, Bob is such a great guy. He does have this story, and I texted him to see, make sure I got all the details correct about this, but he hasn't gotten back to me. But okay. I remember Tim telling this story. It was around the same time when he was working... Uh, and it was somewhere that it got cold, but he was, uh, he had like an old car okay. and it was, uh, a little icy on the road that went into the, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, like the news. I want to call it the news house. Scotty? Yeah. The news house. Sure. The station. <laughs> The station. Yeah, okay. You are hungover today. I'm a bit hungover. <laughs> the, you know, on the way to the news house. Uh, <laughs> and so it was parked at, he, he was like driving it up. Yes. And he parked it at the top of the hill, and he was getting out and oh, leaving, and boy. it started to slide on the ice. No bueno. And so then he was trying to push. He, like, ran behind it instinctually to, like, keep it from going back down the hill on the mm-hmm. ice, and it just ran him over backwards. <laughs> oh, well, some people die that way. Bob, we're glad you're a survivor. They're, I wanna, you're I'll, glad I'll you made it, get, buddy. I'll, I'll try and get the... Uh, the scoop from the news house story um, about that, but uh, if that's how I remember it, he w- it was sliding and he tried to stop and it ran. He ran. He's, he ran himself over. It happens. We get that sent in. We've had a few bananas things. People backing over themselves. Oh God, I can't what? remember who sent this in, but it was right before the banana phone went away. And that story that I did, I think it was when Hend was on a long time ago about the girl that was driving and there was a spider and she swerved and then crashed her yes. car into a boat. Yes. Apparently on that pod, I joked, well, I like I hope that guy had an old boat and he like upgraded and got a new boat and uh-huh. somebody in 
Michigan was like, he did. I met that guy, no. and that guy got a new boat after that, and like <laughs> got his insurance, his boater's insurance or whatever. And That's I was like, amazing. that is so fun. <laughs> amazing. What an amazing one. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, you want me to hop in on one? Mm-hmm. It really was. Standing in a pool with your friends at night, oh, it was so fun. It was a real treat. Warm pool. Yeah. What were you and drinking? I was drinking tequila. Me too. Okay, yeah. cool. I just saying. made I just made I just made the mistake of like just pouring way too much. I'm used to a little stopper on the bottle, you know what I mean? On yep. the Tito's bottle has a little stopper. Yes, so it does. So it's like dink 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 dink, yep. you know, like a, a, a three count is just a little bit. It's classic. I was doing three counts with no stopper. It's mm. not a good idea. Ain't no stopping him now. Bobcat spotted in Pennsylvania school prompts evacuation. Turns out to be a house cat. <laughs> so, this was in People Magazine, you know, they're covering animals these days. It's tough times out there. Written they're... by a really good writer, oh. Nicholas Rice. Oh, Nicky Rice, B-I-T-B. He is just the best. Um, sent in by McKay underscore 621. Sent in a while ago, McKay. We weren't lying. Here it comes. Talk about a cat astrophe. Nicholas yes. Rice. Yes. Yeah! You gotta hook him. Nikki comes in hard with got some the heat. pun. He got the pun. Nikki, best in the business. On Tuesday morning, students at West Scranton High School in Scranton, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. were dismissed from classes after school officials spotted what they thought was a bobcat loose in the building. <laughs> the bobcat, however, turned out to be nothing more than a missing house cat that had wandered into the school. <laughs> wandered is the perfect <laughs> verb for that, too. <laughs> Speaking with WNEP-TV ahead of the discovery that the animal is just an ordinary cat, Scranton School District Superintendent Melissa McTierney said, quote, I don't think anyone would have predicted this, of course, but again, our staff and students did a wonderful job not overreacting, just quietly left the building, and we will all, we will let professionals and animal control do their job. Melissa is very confident that they made the right choice. It seems <laughs> like an overreaction. Double, she's got to double down on that. Also, I'm trying to think, what's a, like a bobcat? I mean, is a bobcat going to do anything? A bobcat's probably, if it finds itself in a school, yeah. it's terrified. And it's probably just looking for a way out, right? Is it? Yeah. Are, are they worried that the bobcat's going to stalk children? I guess. I mean, they're bigger than you think. All those are things they? in a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're bigger than you think. I remember coming out of that movie, The Gray, that uh, Liam Neeson movie about the wolves. Yes. I don't know if you ever saw that. And I was with all these dudes, and we're like, could you fight a wolf? Like, could? And we were like, I don't know. Like, you're, and, we're, and then one of our buddy's wives just pulled up a photo of a wolf next to a man. And she's like, you would all get creamed instantly. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if you've ever tried to hold a regular house cat that doesn't want to be held and yeah. the ferocity, yeah. just... Put an extra 20 pounds on there and make it feral and out. And it's, it would be a hell of a show, I think. I, right. I guess, I guess if you have like dumb kids who are approaching a bobcat, that's, that's probably where you're going to get a, a problem. You just yeah. got to get children away. What kind of school was it? Was it a high school? It'd be yeah, better I think if it was it a high was... school. If it was a high school. It's it was a high school. It, it was, was a high school. Yeah, okay. a real hold my Capri Sun moment. <laughs> like, hey, bud, I'm going to go over there and take an Instagram photo. Now that we're talking about it, they would have TikTok. There have been like two yep. boys that kind of look like dancing in sync in the <laughs> weirdest, lamest way ever. And then the Bobcat rips them to shreds. 
Um, I, when I was in school, we wore uniforms, a little mm-hmm. Catholic school, Sacred Heart of Glendon. And it was cool. Uh, we didn't care. And every once in a while, it was a special treat. We'd have a no uniforms day, and you got to actually Woo! see what your classmates... I remember those pre-internet, yeah, and you'd wear your—I'd wear my cool Baltimore Aquarium shirt with a red-eyed tree frog on it, and just drive the women gaga. (laughs) They couldn't handle such exotic vibes. Um, (laughs) But every once in a while, they would do that, and then you know, say that happened five times a year. Usually in the spring, they would do this thing, and it—it caught us off guard every year because we're stupid. So it'd be a no uniform day. It was usually a Friday. But again, we're in third grade, fourth grade. We're too stupid to understand time or anything. Yeah, exactly. And they would do the morning prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance. And then there'd be this pause. And you'd hear this crackle sound. And they would put on this vinyl record. And it would go like, we're going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. How about you? And the moms would come in. All these moms that knew that we were going to the zoo and the students didn't. So all the chaperones would come in. What? And, you, and kids would start screaming like Beatlemania. Like, it was, uh, we're going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. How about you, you, you? You can come too, too, too. And by the time like we heard the record, everybody would be looking at each other like, what the is it? It was like almost like those old Oprah's, like my favorite things episodes. Uh-huh. And you're just like, here comes your mom. And you know that she brought McDonald's. And you're like, this is the greatest moment. I think, I think that's heaven. I think that's the peak of existence. And uh-huh. then everything after, this is just a beautiful, nice epilogue in life. Uh-huh. But <laughs> I've got to get a copy of that vinyl. If anybody's a true record head and you have one that's, we're going to the zoo, 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 you can come to, 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 please DM us. i got to figure out who sung it. I, so it is, I, I, it, it's there's many many cop versions of that song. Okay, because um, Olive listens to one. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but it's like it's a you know it was recently recorded. It's reggaeton. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's kind of like electronica. It's the Daddy um, Yankee version. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it's out there. It's out there. It's a very common song. But I, it would be interested to hear the exact. I love that idea. I yeah. love that people. Like, it was like Beatlemania happened. Like kids screaming and like crying with joy <laughs> yeah and it was like a school with 300 kids k to eight so we all got on like old school buses and we went and the baltimore zoo is such a fantastic zoo it's like I've one of the best to zoos. the baltimore zoo because oh, it's got a great it's aquarium fabulous it's fabulous and so it was just like i've never done pcp but i for like a third <laughs> grader i would assume that's like pcp it was so exciting um i we had a we had a cat to go for for, for a cat versions of this of story. We had a cat named Mister Cat. Um, Original, and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just we just never named the cat for some. Like we had a dog. The dog's name was Doogie Bowser Canine, and you know it's just like we obviously <laughs> named the dog. Yeah, but then the cat was just like. It was just an afterthought. It's like, yeah, we're just not going to name this cat. I don't think um, cat's mine, by the way. I don't think I don't, you, cat, cats don't need names. Yeah, it's not like they're like giving respond. names exactly. Yeah. Cats just are like, when I'm ready. <laughs> and so we were out of. Uh, you've heard the story, I'm sure. We were wow. out of out of the house for like eight hours. I was probably yes. in like third grade or something, and uh, the cat 
uh, as cats are wont to do, likes oh to just knock things off tables, right? Oh, yeah. So the cat knocked a five-pound bag of powdered sugar <laughs> yes, yes. off the table. Yes. And then my 10-pound toy poodle, Doogie, Doogie Bowser, Bowser canine, canine uh-huh. <laughs> proceeded to eat all five pounds of powdered sugar. Yes. And I can only imagine his day oh. Oh. where it's like... You know, manna falls from the heavens. Absolutely. He gets into it. It goes down easy. I mean, it's powdered sugar. Do you know yeah. what I mean? The, it's the simplest thing to lick. Absolutely. But I'm sure like a pound in, he was like, oh, 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 I'm not feeling too good. Yes. Maybe I'll take a little break. Yes. But this is what I love is that somewhere in his little doggy brain, Oof. he was like, but when is this going to happen again? <laughs> let's get back in there. Let's finish all five pounds of yes. sugar. Play like he, a champion. He does. He's sick for like three days. Just vomits sugar oh, yeah. for three days. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. That's anyway. We've all been there. We've yeah, all been there. That was the his I... Beatlemania. That was that yeah. was that cat's Mr. Cat's <laughs> Zoo 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 record playing Screamathon. <laughs> oh boy, it makes me so happy. That makes me so happy. All right, I'll tease us, tease us into a little break here. Okie dokie. All righty, Marnie. Nearly thirty football-sized goldfish caught in Minnesota Lake. Holy smokes! That's oh okay. I, I'm okay. I'm in. I can't wait to hear about these giant fish. My brain went in a different direction. I can't wait to hear where your brain went. <laughs> Bananas. And we're back. Yes, we are. We are back. Scotty, are there any shout outs? Is this yeah. the banana, banana mail corner? Banana mails, yeah. People were like, I cannot believe you didn't call these bananagrams. And I said, Kurt and I make quick decisions and stick to them, and that's how we function. <laughs> so, banana mail, here we come. Uh, I have uh, two really sweet ones. Um, okay. And also, guys, I'm, I'm still doing door to shore. Uh, it's going great. Thanks for everybody that's donated. Bananimals, if you're new to the podcast, I'm walking out my front door, walking across all of Los Angeles, 15.3 miles, to uh, for a charity called Cast LA. Donate. If you go to our Instagram, on our link tree, there's a link. Five bucks, eight bucks, whatever you got. Let's help people that are victims of human trafficking. Door to shore. You get it. We get it. We get it. Uh, okay. So Rachel and Scott in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Oh, all right. Apparently Fayetteville is the number two place to live in the United States. Did you know that? What? Apparently it's a great town. Uh, the funniest part, Scott's a huge fan of the podcast, loves bananas, loves bananas. Uh, they called, they were super pumped. Uh, Rachel, also a fan of the podcast, but not a fan of any other cities in Arkansas, apparently, had nicknames for every single one that basically said that they were crap. So Rachel and Scott, thanks for listening, and thanks for calling. It was very nice speaking to you. And then we got this one DM to us, Kurt. This one's a little long, but bear with me because it rocks butt. I'm ready to have my butt rocked. Damn right. Hey, banana boys. Wait until the end for the bananas part. During the pandemic, I listened to your podcast uh, with my soon-to-be 75-year-old mother. 
She is a cancer survivor, a domestic violence warrior, and an all-around kick-butt lady. Ten years ago, I moved in her uh, with her from my home state of New Jersey, 609 represent Curdy B. Woohoo! Um, anyways, we discovered your per- podcast during our evening ritual of coming out onto the back porch and smoking pot. Oh, my mother nice. discovered marijuana during her cancer treatments. Nice. And so for eight years, they've been smoking weed and we're all for that. Um, yeah. So now we listen to the Bananas podcast and cackle nightly. We are Stitcher Premium, literally just for you two guys. Aww. She refers to you two as Curdy and Scotty. And when she is talking to friends and relatives, I have to let them know that she, uh, you are not her actual <laughs> friends, just hosts of her favorite <laughs> podcast. She turns Aww. 75 on August 23rd. And, well, maybe this is spoilers. I ordered her the Hypercolor Banana shirt, the best in the business shirt, from your uh-huh. merch to wear when she becomes 75 and gets stoned singing to your theme song. Yes. This is from Cindy. I believe the mom is Sue. Happy birthday, Happy Sue. Happy birthday, Sue. You're number one to us. You're Banana of the Week for sure. Oh, of course. B-O-T-W. Enjoy that medical marijuana. Enjoy that hypercolor shirt. Have some laughs. Cindy, thanks for the very nice DM. We really appreciate it. And that's all uh, I got. That makes me so happy. Me too. Thank you, Scotty. You got it. Now, you want to hear about these goldfish? More than anything in my entire life. I want to thank everyone yes. who sent in the goldfish story. We, have, we got a lot, a lot of people sending in this goldfish story, and it's fascinating. Um, this, the one that I'm choosing to read from is uh, from the Smithsonian Magazine. Heard of it. Uh, written by David Kindy, who's Kindy. Kind, maybe it's David Kindy. Okay, let's go who's with that. Kindy, the best in the biz. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. All right. Football-sized goldfish have authorities in one Minnesota community urging residents not to release in local waterways. Officials in Burnsville, Minnesota, captured nearly 30 gigantic goldfish, some measuring more than 18 inches and weighing up to four pounds. Very cool. The fish are believed to have been released by owners, thinking it was a humane way to dispose of the unwanted pets. The photograph of these things is so funny. It is... Just imagine a goldfish. Okay. And then make it 10 times larger. Right. And it just maintains all of the same, you know, weird kind Dimensions. of like giant belly and fucking crazy head. So not koi. We're not talking koi. We're talking no. like pet Orange, store. Pet Orange. store goldfish. Oh my God. I love yes. this. Now, there is so many details in this. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Suit but yourself. I do want to tell you. About how much of a problem this is. Apparently, uh, something, let's see, there is, they believe in Canada, they believe there are 40 to 50 million goldfish in Lake Ontario. Seems like too many. There is a video, I'll post it to the Instagram. It's a video, this is from Peter Ackman's Twitter account. I guess he maybe is a journalist. It says 40 to 50 million. That's how many goldfish researchers believe are in Lake Ontario. Uh, Fish Oceans Canada says they are also now in most lakes, rivers, and water reservoirs across the country, most from people dumping or flushing their pets. It is a school of goldfish. I mean, like, we've talked on this podcast about maybe seeing herds of small dogs, like what that would be like. Yeah. Uh, seeing a, herds of hamsters. A joy to behold. A joy to behold. And this is 
this is a school of, I don't know, 100,000 goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like this, you know, bright orange streak through the water. Sounds really cool. So apparently these goldfish, because they're so like, you know, they can survive in low oxygen environments because they're, you know, they're usually in a little bowl that no one puts like an aerator in or anything. And those like fish, you know, they're just like in a bowl for years and they're fine. And they crap way too much. I read a thing once that they're horrible bowl fish because they like take dumps at a rate that blows all other fish (laughs) out of the water. So they're like, don't get these. These things are just crap factories, but they're cute. When they're in the wild, that's like a big problem. So they're considered an invasive species. They're a member of the carp family. Uh, They can cause poor water quality conditions in ponds and lakes. They destroy, like, uh, you know, the local ecosystem populations of frogs, fish, turtles, salamanders. They're all significantly down in Lake Ontario because of the 50 million goldfish. That's so many goldfish. (laughs) It's so many goldfish. That's so many goldfish. It's imagine it's it's five. It's almost it's four to five New York cities of goldfish. If it, yep. a, a person per goldfish take New York City talking all five boroughs, people. Thank you. Uh, I mean, this is amazing. And it, uh, literally, they can survive in anything. And a lot of them, when you they get flushed down the toilet, they literally oh. survive being flushed down what a the ride, toilet though. into what a ride. What a ride. That's one you, of your old fantasies is you want to mm-hmm. get flushed from a pool into a hot tub. Uh, the fish yeah. are living your dreams. They're going from a crappy bowl into the greatest water park ride of all time and then yeah. flumed into an ever-expanding lake of opportunity. <laughs> I mean, wow. For a for a pet, it, you know, I am I'm always I'm always you know against invasive species. Me I don't want to see I don't want to see any ecology. <laughs> we'll die on this hill. <laughs> this is the first time we've been political ever on this podcast. <laughs> we put our feet down for we, invasive for invasive species. species. I do not want to see ecology no, ecologies sir. destroyed. No, sir. No, sir. But I will also say. <laughs> Congratulations to these pets. You did it, goldfish. You fucking rule. You made it from the worst existence in the world. You took the best ride ever. And now you have a big family, 50 million of you strong. I'm so fucking proud of you. Oh, I'm crying. I am crying. That is the funniest stance to take. We're proud of the goldfish. They didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. We will die on the cross. (laughs) We hate invasive species, but we are so proud of these goldfish. Oh, that is started from the bottom. Uh, Now we're here. I know it really is. I mean, like, just imagine if it happened with any other type of pet. Imagine if hamsters released into the wild were just destroying (laughs) forests because there was 50 million hamsters strong running around uh, Canada's forests. (laughs) Yeah, we would hate that they were invasive, but we would love their unity. We would love their unity. Oh, God. This is the greatest example of uh, us in general. We stand firmly against it, but we totally see what's great about the absurd volume of their survival rate. I had, well, my nephews probably eat 50 million goldfish crackers every day. It's mm-hmm. a remarkable amount of goldfish. Yeah. Uh, I had one that I won at the Maryland State Fair in Timonia, Maryland. 
Right off of York Road, I threw a ping pong ball uh-huh. into a small bowl. Classic. I'm really good. Classic. I'm good think at carnival that. games. Think about that's another thing to think about. Yeah. That's, I think, the majority of the way people get goldfish. Yes. So that goldfish goes from being part of a game given yeah. away to a children in a plastic bag yes. for hours, probably sitting in that plastic bag for hours in a purse as oh, a yeah. mom walks around a fair waiting for their child to finish up. Like, that's yeah. an amazing journey. It's incredible. I'm sure it's been pitched to Pixar after Nemo a thousand yeah. times. Um, but also when I was doing this in the eighties, late eighties, I, they, the fish was in the bowl, like yes. the little bowl, they would like, just pick it up and dump it into the plastic yeah, bag, give it to your right? bag. And then your parent would either get a free bowl for, I was plastic and crappy, or they buy the little glass one that had a little like frilly thing on the top mm-hmm. uh, for three bucks. So I won one and I, it lived for, I think two years in that bowl without, wow. Coming out, and we would literally just tip out the dirty water, and then fill it up with sink water, and then just put it back. And this thing was—it was the Terminator. It was incredible. Yeah. And then I got a fish tank. I, I matured into a you know grand six-year-old or whatever, and I got a ten-gallon fish tank and a bunch of fish, and I put that goldfish in. So now that goldfish—it's like you're saying—he's gone from the upstairs bathroom in my grandma's house into a ten-gallon fish tank with all his friends. It's amazing. Two years in, I'm like. Boy, oh boy. Then we went to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. There was a promotion. They used to have a mascot called Mac Tonight. Make it oh. a Mac Tonight. Remember I remember him? that. He, yeah. uh, it was a Frank Sinatra ripoff, and it was a crescent moon-faced uh, figure was, wearing a and suit. He would, and he would sing Mac the Knife. Yeah. But it was but like it Big Mac, Mac tonight. tonight. Yes. <laughs> and so I get a Happy Meal. I'm happy about it. Probably Probably chicken nuggets. Probably dipped it in honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe got in that honey. Oh, no, McDonald's nuggets and honey is. Just wait. Does Mickey D's provide honey? Oh, they they can't keep it in stock. <laughs> <laughs> it's flying out. The I've door. never. I feel like I've never been offered honey as an oh, option. Well, All right. I believe it. I, I, I was on a roll. It. Okay, go for it. I get home. No, I mean yeah. with the honey. Now, oh, yeah, I get it. Now I'm just wing dinging. Um, I get home. I. Eat it. I put the Mac tonight dead center in the fish tank. I go to bed. I wake up in the morning. All the fish are dead, including the goldfish. <laughs> it was like so toxic or whatever. But I was just like walking and I'm like, hey, nothing can go wrong for me. And then it was like <laughs> this really awesome toy from my favorite meal and my two-year-old fish buddy. Well, nothing can go. And then wake up and it's just like, oh, boy. Lessons were learned. Oh, Mistakes no. had been made. I know. It was the worst. It was the worst. I think I um I I'm, I'm I'm unsure if this is like actually one of my first memories and it's okay. very similar to to your story a little bit is um this was when so my my parents got divorced when I was 2 we moved to Asbury Park lived with my gr- my great uncle mm-hmm. and then my mom I think was renting a house in Wall for like a year or something okay. before we moved to Neptune and it was in that house in Wall, New Jersey, I had my own room. Big time. Um, big time, uh, was, which was very exciting because when we lived in Asbury Park, I did not. So I was very excited about having my own room, and I had a, and I had a goldfish. And my, one of my earliest memories is being in that room and trying to pet the goldfish 
um, because I was like, it's a pet. I'm going to pet it. And so I like <laughs> took it out of the, of the. I was like maybe three. Uh, yeah, you wanted to touch it. Yeah. Yeah. I took yeah, it yeah. out and was trying to pet it. But I, I like I had a. <laughs> and yeah, my mom what? walked in and I was just like holding a the goldfish that was like you know asphyxiating yeah. and rubbing it and she yes. was like what are you doing you know like grab the goldfish and put it back in and i think that the like the uh, shock of like her yelling is probably what like seared it into my memory yeah um and i just don't know if the goldfish died or not i'm hoping fingers crossed no. it's not a goldfish lived death story forever. it lived Li- forever it's still alive it's, it's in, in lake ontario, lake ontario. <laughs> Oh, man. I actually, it's funny when you said that story. I have too many. I have another fish story for another time. I have a college fish story with my friend flipping out that I will tell in a future episode. Next okay. fish story, I got one locked and loaded. Speaking of, Kurt. Yes. Uh-huh. Sometimes in life, you, you just want to get outside. You know, you want to take a walk in the woods. I sure understand that. You want to ride your bicycle down a trail along a riverside. Well, hell, who doesn't want to do that? Sometimes you want to get in a kayak with a friend and just take a little paddle with somebody you care about, right? Mm-hmm. Well, woman hurt in Yamhill County after being hit by a plane while kayaking. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, sometimes it's these little ones that just uh-huh. get me so good. This was sent in by standard user 666. Um and by Fox 12 Oregon, the Fox 12 staff. <clears throat> Fox 12. Probably an intern. So thank you to that thank intern. You. You're the best in the business. B-I-T-B. Woman hurt in Yamhill County <laughs> after being hit by a plane while kayaking. I didn't ever think this was possible. That's why we love this podcast. A day kayaking on the Oregon River took a scary turn for one 42-year-old woman after authorities say she was struck by a plane. What? <laughs> she what? lived. She lived. Okay. She lived. The incident unfolded Wednesday on the Willamette River in the lower Lambert uh, bar between Dayton and Wheatland Ferry, which means nothing to 99% of us. I've swam in that river. It's a very nice river. Boy, I hope you wore a helmet. Uh, (laughs) According to a press release, uh, just after 5 p.m. local time, sun's still shining, uh, county officials say they received a 911 call about an injured kayaker on the river. Oh, my. Uh, A marine patrol boat with the Yamhill County Sheriff's Office immediately responded to the scene, along with a water rescue boat uh, for fire and rescue from Dayton and McKinneyville. You know, the staff loves to list towns. We can say (laughs) that this intern is a big fan of local geography. Uh, When the first responders arrived, they found the injured kayaker only identified as a 42-year-old female as well as a Piper Super Cub plane on the gravel bar nearby. Officials then determined that the plane took off from the gravel bar, which I guess is like an embankment or the the dock. It's the ground. I guess it's like a gravel runway, Um, which seems strange. Uh, Took off before striking the woman who is kayaking on the river besides a 68-year-old female in a separate kayak. Sheriff's Department posted several photos of the plane. It's a real plane. It's like... uh, it, it looks like a crop dusting plane or something like right. that. It, it's, uh, <laughs> it's Wait a like, second. Yeah. It was on a sandbar? That's yeah, what, a the gravel, thing I don't understand. Yeah. It says gravel bar. Okay. Yeah, gravel bar, which I'm sure Oregonians are going to be like, you bozo idiots. Here's what a gravel <laughs> bar is. Uh, it sounds like it's a, just a sandbar. It's strange that you would take a 
play it off <laughs> yeah. on a sandbar or land it there. I, how did it get there in the first? So many questions. Okay, so keep many going, questions. Scotty. Following the incident, police said the pilot returned to the scene and was cooperating with authorities while the woman was transported by grand uh, ground ambulance to a rescue. Oh, via a rescue boat. Um, the woman sustained, quote, serious injuries from the collision. Oh. I bet she did. She got hit by a by plane. By a fucking plane. But if she lives and she's fine, boy, does she have a story for the rest of her life. She's at a wedding. She doesn't know anybody. <laughs> you guys ever go kayaking? <laughs> yeah. The kayak makes me so happy. That That's the part that makes me so happy. Uh, the sheriff's department noted the plane was equipped with tundra tires, allowing for takeoff and landing in the area, which I guess are big snow tires, I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, and the pilot reports having previously landed and taken off from this area over, oh, approximately 50 times. Um, the incident still remains under investigation, but he's cooperating. It's just crazy to me that you'd be out with a friend on a river kayak and you get hit by a plane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. The most peaceful activity. Yes. <laughs> Kayaking. I mean, it Ugh. seems it seems just so unlikely. And you gotta you gotta go to Vegas and put all your money on one roulette spin at that point. Exactly. That's, exactly. You're that's a you're chance in hell. Yeah, you, you got something on your side. Whether it's terrible luck or great luck, it's something. I, I not, have you ever yeah. have you ever enjoyed a kayak? No. Of course I've not. never enjoyed it's it. It's hell never on earth. En- it's hell yeah. on earth. I don't yeah. I don't know if it's just my the shape of my body, but it just Hurts every part of my body. Hurts it's, every part. Yeah, it's the way you sit is you never sit in like a straight up pike position. <laughs> and then you're like, you know what would make this more uncomfortable? Thrusting your body left and, and then sometimes banging your knuckles on this hard plastic. Uh, I don't mind a canoe, though. I'll canoe till the sun goes down. I don't mind a canoe either. I, but I have to have a buddy. Canoeing by yourself uh, is no fun. <laughs> <laughs> you used to have that joke, I think, before you were married and had kids, that those stickers of the families on the back of cars, that it's like mom, dad, like the stick figures, and it's like three little kids. <laughs> you used to have that joke that was just you, right? I love that joke. <laughs> that you wanted a sticker was just just one guy, just like, just me in here. <laughs> I don't even remember that joke, but I do. I remember I do have a joke about canoeing because I was in Tennessee uh, on tour. Oh, I think I already told it. I already you told, might it. Have. I told it with Marie Bamford. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, was, uh, canoeing by yourself is, is terrible. Don't do it. Go yeah, ahead, it's a good buddy thing. No, I was in Pensacola Beach in 20, oh God, 2001. It was called the Summer of the Shark. You probably remember this. There were a no. lot of shark attacks that year. It was before mm-hmm. 9-11, so every, all the news was covering sharks. So it was sometime around July 4th. I was with my buddy on his boat. We had been drinking bushwhackers all day. I had a great fake ID from Duncan, Oklahoma, that I've talked about. And uh, so what do you do when you're drunk with your friend and you have a boat? He was like, we're going to go kneeboarding at sunset. So I was like, cool, dude. So we go kneeboarding. Kneeboarding again, one of those things, not that pleasant of an experience on the open ocean. Hurts. (laughs) Hurts. It's just smacking, just smacking your knees. Yeah, and you're like, when this is over, are all my ligaments torn? <laughs> Did I have MCLs? And so we're going. Maybe it wasn't sundown, but we're, we're, he's pulling me behind the boat. You know, universal sign is thumbs up to go faster, thumbs down to go slower. I'm holding on to the tow rope, and we see this ambulance go across the Pensacola Bridge over to Gulf Breeze, over the beach to the Gulf Breeze, like full speed. And I was like, what do you think that is? And he's like, 
probably somebody got stabbed in a beach fight. So I was like, okay. So then we keep going. We're going to go under this bridge, and we see another ambulance going. This mm-hmm. one's going even faster. So I'm looking up on a kneeboard going, I don't know, 20 miles an hour or whatever. And I see that ambulance rear-end a car and get into an accident, which I had yeah. never seen before. Oh, my God. I've never so, seen that. It was crazy. So then we pass under the bridge, and my buddy like circles around, and we're looking at it. And so then all these fire trucks and everything are going to the scene of an accident on a bridge of an ambulance with the sirens and lights on rear-ended a car. So the first ambulance had a boy in it named Jesse who had gotten attacked on the beach by a bull shark and got his arm bitten off. Oh, my God. So they were ru- the first one that goes across gets him to the hospital. The second ambulance is taking the arm they pulled out of the shark. And so the, uh, the, it's in like a cooler or whatever, and it's racing across the bridge. So the arm that needs to get the hospital rear no, ends a car no. while we're kneeboarding under it, drunk on bushwhackers. Oh, my so, God. We, and we think it's something else. We don't know. So we circle back around. We find that out later, and we start going straight, and we're heading out to Fort Tilden, which is like really far out. And my friend starts pointing behind me. And he's like, so wait, so you're just, but you're just, uh, at this point, you're, you're, you're like going places, but you're just on a kneeboard. (laughs) One one man on a boat, one man on a kneeboard. (laughs) So it's not like we're going to go to a place, you'll hop off, get on the kneeboard, kneeboard around a little bit, then get back in the boat and then we'll go home. It's just no, like you stay on the kneeboard. I'm going to take you all the way home. I was like 18 (laughs) and it was just like, you know what? I got to test the limits of what I'm about as a man. Apparently, I want a kneeboard for three to five miles on the Gulf Breeze Sound, an open channel of water. Um, so we go under the bridge, and we're heading far out, and my buddy starts pointing behind me, like, really, like, emphatically, and I'm like, Jaws. I'm like, I'm going to get attacked by a shark. Like, and so right. I turn around, and there is an Apache helicopter flying up near us. No. So it's low on the water, and it's going about our speed. So then my buddy punches it <laughs> to, to race this thing. So the I'm Apache on the back. Helicopter? Yes. So there's a Apache helicopter because there's a big uh, Elgin, Elgin Air Force Base or whatever is down there. And so you see stuff like this all the time down there. But he's low and he's cruising. And there's not that many other boats out there. So my buddy just gives it full throttle. So I'm holding on for dear life so fast that I can't give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. I'm screaming, slow down, <laughs> slow down. He can't it's hear me. Shark infested waters below you. Yes. And I don't even know that's happening at this point. I'm just like, don't let go because then you're going to flip upside down, strapped to this board and break your nose. I was like, oh, God. So the Apache's just going parallel with us and my friend is starts doing the truck like honk sign where you pump your fist up and down (laughs) this is is a collection of the dumbest activities i could ever imagine i love that that it's the only thing to do that is the only thing to do of course so i'm panicking i'm holding on white knuckling this tow rope going i don't know 35 miles an hour on the open ocean my friend's trying to get a helicopter to honk its horn. I'm so scared. I'm thinking, do helicopters have horns? I still don't know to this day. Because then I look over, and the Apache, I don't know if it's the pilot. I don't know how many people are in those things or the gunner. But they have giant machine guns on the front of these they things. They do indeed. And as my buddy is just pumping his trucker honk your horn sign, it waves the machine gun at us and then just accelerates and blows us away. <laughs> I know. It was so insane. And so I eventually got back on where we gunned it back from home and we're, ha- we're like with his parents and Golf Breeze eating and they were like, a boy got his armpit off and there was a crash and there was an accident. And all of that happened. All of that happened within four minutes. Oh, my God. And it was, <laughs> it was July, t- uh, July 6th, 2001. 
the last time I've ever kneeboarded. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, I don't know. I feel like I feel like heaven continued for you past that zoo mm-hmm. day. You know what? I feel like that's another little slice of heaven. Huh. Right okay, maybe alcohol helps sometimes. <laughs> All good decision making. Uh, I wonder oh. if Russ, if you listen to this. You were there. You were driving the boat. You almost killed me, and we got an Apache to wave at us. What a great day. What a, what great, a great day. What a great day. Not My for God. the poor boy. No, of um, course. And I hope his arm was okay. Me too. All right. We're going to get another one in. Do we have oh. time? Oh. We sure do. We sure do. Here uh, we go. Huh? This, is a cra- this is crazy that you had a kayak story. Oh, sorry. We don't, Bananimals, Kurt and I don't discuss these stories. We surprise each other. Mm-hmm. We're just that loose and lazy. Here it comes. This one was sent in by Instagram user Brady Nelson. Brady, thank you. Thank Brady. you. This is on CNN, uh, written by Lauren M. Johnson. Damn, she's good. God, she's great. Kayak. This is just a feel-good piece. Kind of wrap things up. Kayak. Finally. Kayak Court provides the homeless with access to legal services in Salt Lake City. Okay. So I will tell you what this is. Kayak court. So yeah. So apparently there's an enormous amount of like homeless encampments along this river outside Salt Lake City, which is the river. Is it Jordan? Well, let me see. Here we are. Yeah, the Jordan River. Um, and so uh, Kayak Court was named by Judge Jean Robinson and her friend Kim Russo, who is a social worker. They frequently kayak down the Jordan River, where there are several camps for people experiencing homelessness. Robinson said she and Russo bounced around the idea of creating a court that goes to these encampments to help them resolve citations and other legal issues. The unsheltered who live there in the camps rarely step into a courtroom to resolve the issues. It was kind of a half-joking statement, but we began to think more about it and said, wow, this could be really cool. Yeah. To get this idea to work, the women employed the help of Michelle Hoon and Allison Dupler of the Salt Lake City Housing Stability. The Gotta team of women Dupler. brought in volunteers, public defenders, defense attorneys, judges in their district, Bam. and court administrators. And we understand, quote, we understand having warrants and open cases can be barriers to self-sufficiency, Robison said. When we hit this population at the right time, when they're in the position where they're ready to make changes, we can help them make these positive changes and move towards self-sufficiency. So they literally kayak up to these camps, find people who have like public urination things that have just Uh gone for so long that they've become like, you know, they're, they're. In, they're they're going to be in trouble for them, yeah. you know. And, you know, they can't get jobs and stuff like that because they have this stuff on their record. And they're just like, you want to clear it up right now? And they're like, yes, I want to clear it up right now. The judge is on a fucking kayak. Wow. They have an attorney present who can defend them. And then they have the state. And then they just do it all right there and they clear it up. Amazing. It this is, is so the cool. best. They need it to do the this. It is the best idea. Yes. Oh, and, my God. And for, like, and for, like, bigger cases, like, they they'll actually get a um they just have an iPad with a judge on the iPad who just like does for like district court cases. Yeah. Um, so it's like kind of amazing. So it's like literally people go up and make sure, all right, you're of sound mind. You do want to take care of this. All right. And then they kayak right up and 
I mean, it's it's uh, it's they're banana. They're also banana of the week. As yeah, well, these women. Well, yeah, that's fantastic. I love that though. I love like and you're of sound mind, and it's like, yep. well, I do see an entire courtroom floating on kayaks right outside of this <laughs> island that I've been hiding on, and they're like, he's good, he's good. We can we could try this one. He's good. I never get picked. Actually, I take that back. I always get picked. Pa- I have jury duty on Friday next week. By the way. Oh, you do. Okay. So I always get picked, and then morning of it always gets settled out of court or whatever like oh, which really? i guess happens like 90 yeah. something percent of the time but like every time they're like are you are you related to any law enforcement and i'm like i am not and they're like oh how are you former military i'm like no sir and then they're like are, do you, are you college educator whatever they and i'm like yes i am and then it's always like you're picked and then i'm like okay this is going to be interesting like i I want I want someone like me to be on the jury if I ever go to court. Yeah. I want somebody that's going to pay attention to all the details and really try to do the right thing. Yeah. And every morning I get up and then like in route it's just like you've been dismissed or like in Brooklyn you'd have to go there and you'd sit there and they're like numbers whatever and they're like you can all go home thanks so much they settled and I I've always been disappointed. I've wanted to see one. The only times I've ever seen court is like Judge Judy and the yeah. People's Court and um I just want one, so maybe next week I'll get lucky. Yeah, I mean, I would. Uh, yeah, well, fingers crossed, buddy. Fingers hey, crossed. You're I don't, in there I don't for want like weeks. a violent crime. I don't want. Well, I want like <laughs> this guy's been spray painting whales on cars for twenty years. I'm like, oh, I know a podcast that would love that. Um, I want somebody you that's just, just totally straight. Yeah, I want exactly. I want a story. <laughs> don't we all? Yeah. Don't we all? That's a great idea, dude. I think that's Isn't awesome. That, I, I'm so I'm proud of them. Kayak proud court. of them. Just give us the just give us one more title and then let's let's go to bed. Mm, dude, oh, I did that last time, didn't I? Oh, oh god, that one's pretty Ooh. good. Oh my goodness, there's so much. There's an embarrassment of riches over in Scott's cabin. It has. I I took some time. Did I do this one? I, I don't I know. Did this you one tell last me. week. You tell 97 me. year old Utah woman's headstone includes her favorite fudge recipe. What? No, you didn't do this one yet. I can't 90... believe you haven't done this yeah. one yet. Uh, well, you know, I'll do it. Um, when are we recording next? I'll do this one as my first story next week. 97 year old woman's headstone includes her favorite fudge recipe sent in by Mickey, M I K I underscore mouse with two M's. Mickey Mouse, we'll, uh, we'll cover this one on the next beautiful, uh, rollicking episode of Bananas. Thank you so much, Scotty. Thank you to our producer, Katie Levine. Thank you to our intern, Lisa Maggot. Thank you to everyone at Exactly Right Media, yep. including Karen and Georgia. Thank you to our benevolent overlords. And thanks, Bananimals. You're the best. Keep sending those stories. We love you. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.